Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode of my podcast. Well, actually, this is the second episode now I think about it. Throughout this series, I'll be interviewing different individuals from different industries to find out how they use PR tools and the importance of writing. Um, today on the podcast, we have my uncle Gordon, who is also the vice president of auxiliary and facilities. What's, what's your official title? Why don't you introduce yourself, Gordon? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm Gordon Wilson, and my title is the Associate Vice President of Auxiliary Services at the University of Utah. Essentially, what that means is I have 10 business units to provide service uh, for the campus, such as the stadium and the arena. The athletic department rents it from us, and we run all the games, and we keep the facility up and going. And we do other special events, uh, the bookstore, the ID card system. I have the graduate and family housing, about 1,100 units of housing, and uh, print and mail services, all of these, all of these entities that uh, just provide service for students, faculty, and staff at the university. That sounds like an exciting position. So with that being said, can you explain to us a little bit about your educational background? What did you major in, and how has it shaped your career, especially as you've been doing this auxiliary services gig? Great question. So my my number one start in all this was uh, I was uh, involved in student government in UVU, which I think at the time we were called UTC Orem, new <laughs> campus. And uh, I was uh, over that was the club vice president. Then I was student body president, and I gained a real appreciation in that couple of years of higher ed administration, working with Marv Higby, the president, and it was just a uh, Great experience. So I, I I knew that was something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, so I finished there in business, went up to uh, BYU, had scholarships at BYU and the University of Utah, went to both schools for a while, finished up at BYU with a, a business degree, uh, emphasis in marketing and teaching. I wanted to teach experience because I knew that that would probably come in handy trying to get in higher ed. And so I got a teaching certificate and then from there, I went to work at Salt Lake Community College and built their student life program from, from scratch. And I uh, uh, was a director of student life and leadership there for about 21 years. And during that time period, uh, the opportunity came available with family and church and all you're doing to go back to school and get my master's. I did that through BYU Salt Lake Center. It was an MPA executive, master's in public administration which aligned extremely well with, with what I was doing. You had the business element, you had the business finance, business accounting, business writing, but you had that public sector piece that tied into that program, which uh, fit very well with the work that I was doing. Then uh, years later, uh, the opportunity came to uh, get a doctorate degree. And so I went to Oregon State University and did a doctorate in higher ed administration with an emphasis on uh, small colleges, community colleges, and uh, small universities. And uh, but that was uh, that was all it's all the same. It's all focused on working with the community, working with students, faculty, staff, working with money, working with a donor base, working with politicians, bonding. You know, all the things that I'm involved with is. Um, so that, that that degree was was excellent, and in all cases, all those degrees gave me advancement. Mm -hmm. And um, 
which is what you want. You want advancement, you want increase in pay and those kind of things. So that really paid off for me. That's awesome. It sounds like you've been involved with a lot of universities. This wasn't a planned question, but I am curious to know, do you have a favorite out of all those that you were involved with? Are there any favorites? <laughs> <laughs> well, question I, of the I, hour. Have say, <laughs> I have to say that I have extremely fond memories of U, UVU, what it is now, I mean, yeah. UTC, because it was a small school trying to get going. The faculty tried harder. Everybody was trying really hard to make it go. And so I was in the business program there and it was just a phenomenal experience. It really launched me between my my student body president work, student government and my my school, you know, the classes. It just launched me into the rest of my bachelor's and my master's. And there were things about BYU that I really liked. It has a great campus. Mm -hmm. and, and they don't spare the change on a lot of things. It's really a nice place. Um, University of Utah, I went there as an undergraduate, did some graduate work there. And again, it was a nice place. And uh, then I went to Oregon State and there's some really cool things about that. The, the nice thing about the Oregon State adventure was the ability to leave Utah and go up. All my colleagues or cohort in my class were from Washington, Oregon, California. Mm -hmm. So I got a real feel for higher ed from their eyes. They looked at things we did in Utah and said, you do what? And I looked at things they did and said, you do what? So there was a, this great learning experience to say there's another way to do everything. And yeah. it was, was really good. So. Yeah. Well, working in higher education is a really exciting field. I've worked in there at UVU. I was a presidential intern. So I've, I've been in the higher education industry and I've seen that. But what's your favorite part of working in the industry? You know what the, the, for me is that it's it's about the core mission and that is I, i'm i firmly believe that education changes the world i mean mm -hmm. it it changes people's place that's what i enjoyed about solid community college is it was it was i call it the underdog school in that a lot of people trying to get a second shot at life and a third shot in life whether they're 18 40 50 or 80 mm -hmm. they were able to fulfill a dream to get their education and unlocked an amazing world to them. And so I see that at the University of Utah on a different level, in a different way. And the research that, that the university pumps out for the world in medical and in all these other areas um, is amazing. So it's so it's about the students, about the core mission. And it's also uh, about working in that environment where everything's go, go and study and learn and change keeps me fresh, keeps me young. I really like that too. And the core mission, I, I love what you said. That's fantastic. Higher education is really great. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to learn more about how you utilize writing and PR skills. So like what kind of documents are you regularly working on? And then like what PR related skills are you often using? So that's a great question. I would say that probably the, the number one thing we need to get, we need to talk about email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and email, email is extremely important. It, it, it's just like texting, it magnifies your day. You can get more done by communicating, but mm -hmm. there's also the dangerous side in that is that you fire off an email and then you think about it and you can't take that message back. And then in the day of, of Gremel requests and that, um, I write with one eye to the audience and who I'm writing to, to answer their questions by one eye to saying, okay, if this is Gremel requests, what goes on the front page of the Salt Lake Tribune. Mm -hmm. And so you're always, 
you're always writing in that regard. And then I, like I tell my staff, just pick up the phone and call somebody really, truly, if we're dealing with things, just go see them or call them. I know that's old fashioned, but that's a, it's so true though. Good thing to do first to build relationships in a better way. Yeah. And, and you help them solve the problem and it stays out of the paper. And and so I think we gotta, the email thing is important and you just, I see too many emails by some very bright people that I would say are stupid. And I think really, it just came out of your mouth and, and, and it's there. It's, you can't take it back. Yeah. So that's number one. I think the other is that you're, you know, in, in my area is writing for, uh, presentations. It's writing for, uh, uh, trying to get a point across to get more money. Like for example, we're, trying to get $110 million right now to build, rebuild our family grad housing. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's been eight years of process to get that. And so right now we're, we're, we're visiting, I just visited with the cabinet of the university last week. And we're meeting with the trustees subcommittee on master planning, and it'll go to the trustees. So the messaging has got to be right on the money mm-hmm. and, or you'll, or you'll set off something in somebody's head that will stall it or kill your, your plan. And we've had that happen along this journey. And so the, the ability to write and then present and everything you're doing is a presentation in mm-hmm. a way, yeah. whether it's a PowerPoint or whether you're, you're writing to get the point across to try to, to change, change someone's thinking. And that's where I spend a lot of my time is in that type of writing. And, uh, I'll put it together or my staff will start and put it together and then, then it will come back to me and they call it, put the Gordonisms in it. Mm-hmm. I and love that. They, they, they write it, they, they try to put it, but you know, to me, the audience is you've got to always be working on relationships. So it's important to, to soften the message, but you got to be direct. You got to ask what you need to ask and you salvage the future. You don't want to close the door. And so in your writing, you've got to be thinking of that audience all the time. You got to think about relationships. You got to think about what if it makes it on the front page of the paper. You got to think about all those kind of things. So that's not uncommon for us to take one document and spend a week on it before it goes out the door. Yeah. And um, a lot of ice read, we refine. Um, it's, it's so like tomorrow we'll, we'll meet with the academic Senate leadership and um, we're, we're presenting about digital screens on campus. So trying to understand faculty think different yeah. than other people. So you, who's the audience? What is it? What's our message? What do we need to be careful? What are the bombshells? Mm-hmm. What, 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 do, what do we know that is important to them? And so we've addressed, tried to address our presentation for that. So. I think that's probably where I spend a lot of my time is 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 in those big proposals, parking garages. To, you know, we're just rebuilding our football stadium, the South End Zone. So you spend a lot of time writing, articulating thought to get it out the door. So writing is huge. It's a big deal. It's, yeah. it's a big deal. I completely agree. I always tell people I'm biased because I'm a communication major, but it's nice to hear that, like it's such an important skill, and no matter where you work or what you do, it's really important. 
So I'm curious to know, do you have an example of when you had to use crisis communication or media relations, anything like that? I mean, obviously you work in the building side of things. Have you ever had to like announce a new building or anything like that, where you had to utilize some of those skills? That's a good, that's a great question. Probably, um, probably some of the most dicey things that are, it would be crisis obviously is, uh, is probably dealing with the stadium, with athletics, yeah, with um, fans and people coming to use the stadium. Situations happen, so you're trying to communicate and trying to calm things down in in those uh, those scenarios. Anytime you have a business function, and all of my, well, let's see, most of my organizations are have to be revenue driven. Uh, we're an auxiliary. That means we have to earn our money and we have to pay for our stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't get any kind of government subsidy for it. And so you're always working with the customer. So the, so the campus stores, your print mail services, mm-hmm. the copy fleet system, uh, the stadium, the, the housing. There's always I mean, it's been it's been a real challenge. You're right. You've got you've got about uh, twenty four hundred families students with their families on campus trying to work with them through COVID or messaging to them that you mean I can't send my kid out to play in the playground yeah. you can't and here's why mm-hmm. and so your your messaging is always there and you're trying to you're trying to put it in such a way that you 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 leave the door open they really thank you for responding and you may have to just say no and that's that's a hard thing yeah to, to do and um so it's it, at the University of Utah, uh, especially we have they have a great marketing department, uh, marketing communications for the university. So anytime we get into those sticky situations, which which comes, I always call on that team, and it's is great because we generally get somebody from general counsel from the attorney general's office, one or two of the attorneys. We get some of, of those individuals that, that write well mm-hmm. and are the great. Uh, community-based people and then us with our problems and what we're trying to do and then you you come at it from electric or from a from a legal is what we're trying to say then you come at it well, you know from a neighbor situation what's what what will it look like on the front page of the newspaper mm-hmm. and, and hey here's my problem here's, yeah. here's what we're dealing with and so that happens several times a year um where we, we get into a situation of potential lawsuits and other things and you just have to work your way through. But to me, part of the good writing is you get a good team. You have to have good information, you know, before you write and you've got to have the support. So it's nice to get, to get everybody's opinion before you put anything out. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a really good insight. So because you work in higher ed, I'm curious to know also, do you think students leave the university with adequate writing skills or do you think that they still need some work when they leave? Just my opinion across the board from what I've seen is that they need to work. Yeah. I think I think students need to take writing serious. Yeah. I think they, we, and I was a student once, I get it. You're just trying to get through and get by, but the longer I've lived and the more I'm involved, the more I realize that, that was a wrong, wrong attitude mm-hmm. that those who are gifted and those who can write will always have a job. I, I completely so agree because it's the way you think yeah. writing is about the way you think and how you approach problem solving, how you approach people skills. It's, it's, it's a whole, 
whole element to that. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and yeah, some people are gifted. A lot of us have to work at it. Yeah. And you continue to work at it. Um, um, but, uh, but you, everybody can develop the skill. Everybody can do it, but you've got to take criticism. Yeah. You got to learn, you got to have an open mind. And again, think of the audience, think of the message, think about what it looks like on the front page of the paper. I just can't stress that enough. You just, you just have to continue to look at that. And so if students are smart, they would look for every opportunity to learn to write um, yeah. in school. It's just, just, mm -hmm. just so important. So would you say that's your number one piece of advice to PR students, or is there something else you would say to them? Well, it, yes. I would say that, and I would say that with it, learn this, the skill set. You've got to learn people skills. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn some business savvy. Yeah. You may not be a business person, but you've got to learn business savvy, customer service, you, you know, what's what's the big picture? What, what are our core values? What's the core values that we have as an organization? Yeah. I've got to understand those and support the mission of the university or the company, whoever I work for, mm -hmm. all the way to the top. I, what I put out there can, can cause a storm for my company to clean up if I'm not on my game. So I would say my advice to students is get out there and expose yourself to things, get involved. I mean, even club, student government, um, uh, internships are huge, Yeah, you know, do internships, get as many internships in as you can because you're you just get beat up. Yeah. You learn, you study, you see, you, you gather, you, you, you pull that together and try to, 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 to gain it, gain knowledge from that. And so I would call it at the end of the day, you're getting a, a maturity. Yeah. You've got to mature in all of those areas if you want to be successful. Right. Even if you, that's just to sound right. I got to be thinking of all of that mm -hmm. and my approach before I get there. Yeah. Including spelling. Yes. You gotta. In this day and age, there's no reason we should misspell. But that's where you have other people. I mean, we have autocorrect and everything, and people still do it. And sometimes that's not even correct, but you gotta, you just gotta work through things like that. It's just a tough one. Yeah. I completely agree. And I think that's fantastic advice. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been great to hear you and some of your insights. So I really appreciate that. And to all you listeners out there, stay tuned and we'll have our next episode coming soon. See ya.